everyone. Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. Creating a 401k prospecting list is not as daunting a task as it may seem. I'm Patrice Sikora, and your host, Rebecca Auerhan, is here with how-to tips. Rebecca, this is your specialty. Where do we start? Thanks, Patrice. This is a common question that we get from many retirement plan advisors. Where do we start? How do we prospect? How do we market? What is a prospecting list? And so what I'm going to share with you guys today are a couple of just ideas, tips, and tricks that we've learned over the years so that way you can create a list, market towards that list, and ultimately generate new business opportunities. So that's what we're going to discuss on today's podcast. All right, then. How can advisors start? Again, where do they begin? <laughs> All right. So first things first, we have a term that we use here for 401k marketing, and it's called own your backyard. And we literally mean we want you to own your backyard. So when you're thinking about starting a prospecting list, start with the strategy behind it. Who are you trying to market towards? And a lot of times, if you're a newer advisor and you're just getting started, we literally mean plant a flag and say, hey, within this 50-mile radius, I am the retirement plan expert. I want people to think of me, if they have any retirement plan questions, top of mind consistently. So the first thing that you want to consider is your physical geography. Literally, own your backyard. Yep. Then start to narrow it down. How, what size plans do you want to work with? Do you want to work with small mom and pop businesses? Do you want to work with Fortune 500 companies? And what interests you? What's your skill set? What's your background, your work experience? So that way you feel most qualified to support those retirement plan committees. So the next is plan asset size. After that, it's plan characteristics. Are there any specific company styles or sectors or industries that you have kind of a natural tendency towards that you lean towards? I often joke that I love yoga. So if I were a plan advisor, I'd go after all the yoga studios. (laughs) I also love drinking wine. So I'd also go after any vineyard in the area to try and make that my kind of ideal habitat. Mm. So <laughs> I could like them both. Yes. <laughs> well, yoga and wine. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing. Fun nothing. time. <laughs> I think our balance might, we'd have to work on our tree poses. <laughs> we could figure it out. <laughs> Swaying trees. <laughs> you feel the wind in here? I know. <laughs> uh, after that, Are there any niche markets specifically? This has more to do with kind of the broader audience. So if you're going after, you know, national, national style, like dentist groups or doctors groups, auto mechanics, auto dealerships, a lot of times they have niche industries and specialized channels that you want to become part of those groups. And then just a couple of other things I'll touch on. Similar workplace culture. A lot of advisors really appreciate working with what are called paternalistic 
employers. Basically, that means employers who care. You can find out that information by looking at the plan design information. And then the last thing is plan design commonalities. So if there's a high contribution rate for employees, high savings rates, or maybe the employer is contributing a lot or Maybe they all have Roth features and you're like, that's awesome. I'm really passionate about educating folks on Roth. So that's kind of where you begin. Big picture strategy. Who is your ideal client? All right. You've got your strategy then. You're looking at your client. What type of prospect contact info are you looking Mm -hmm. for? What do you do there? One of the wonderful things in our business is that we have uh, companies that can share with you specific contact information where they'll do a search form 5500, which is data that's technically publicly available through the Department of Labor. But these companies have downloaded all of that data, 700,000 different retirement plans across our country. And then they've sliced and diced it in a way that actually makes this usable. So that's the first thing is that you want to link up with a company. Now, technically, you can do this manually. I don't recommend that, but you could (laughs) do it manually. But reach out to one of those companies. I'm going to give you a couple of names here. Fiduciary Decisions, they have a Search 5500 tool, Plan Pro, Judy Diamond and Rextrema. All four of those companies have really, really great deep data analytics that you can use so that way you can start to cultivate your ideal prospect list. How do you know it's quality data though? Mm, Love this question. You don't. Uh Okay. (laughs) I'll talk about quality data in just a sec. The Form 5500 information is generally about 18 months old, give or take a month or two on both sides of that. And that's just because of the way that everything gets uploaded and then saved over time. Pretty normal. So when you do want to, you want to start with your list and then I'll tell you how to clean the data in a sec. But on the list that you get, you're going to get the name of the company. You're going to need that. Super important. So that way you know which company you're going. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who are these folks? Then you're going to want their website address, their physical address. I still think that's important. If you're going to do any like geo mapping, it's pretty fun to know that. Their phone number. And then most importantly, the name of the person who signs the form 5500. They're known as the plan administrator. So that's kind of the basic information that you're going to get from the 5500 filing. Well, you don't want to stop there. (laughs) (laughs) You want to find out who are the additional decision makers within that company. And then to do that, you can either hire another company. There's Biz Leads is another one you can use and they can find other decision makers for you. What's the other one? There's a couple of other ones you can Google to find other decision makers. So that way, when you're looking at your prospect list, you have somewhere between like two and five folks who you could identify as a title that is going to have decision-making authority within the company's retirement plan. Okay. Could you even call the company yourself and find out? Yeah, technically you can. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, then. You could totally call them and that's cold calling at its base. That's true. Very true. All right. So what are some other ideas that advisors should consider? 
Great. So now that you have some sort of list, and we usually recommend that you start with a list of around 500 companies. That list is manageable. It's not too overwhelming. It just seems like it's a good quality size list to start with. So 500 companies. And then take your search online. Go to LinkedIn, find the company account pages, follow them, and then link to all the people that are owners, presidents, controllers, CEOs, CFOs, directors of benefits, and connect. Click that connect button there. And just notice if they have a presence on social media. So are they posting materials? And if they are, like it. If your compliance allows you to comment on it. And what that does is it it sparks. Can you hear me snapping? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of kickstarts LinkedIn's algorithm to say, hey, 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 I like that material. Send me more of it. And Specifically, it means more from that person. What happens on the back end of that algorithm is that that same thing happens on the flip side. So now your content that you're sharing on LinkedIn is going to, should, LinkedIn keeps changing their algorithm. So it's really fun to play whack-a-mole with this algorithm. (laughs) We're figuring it out. They'll start, your content will start to show up on their newsfeed too. So now you're starting, now you have the name of the company. Woo! And they match your target market. Yes. You have the names of the decision makers that you found either through online research, through purchasing a list, and through social media data intelligence. Great job. You've now liked, comment, connected with them as a person. Love this. So good. And now they're starting to see your content on their newsfeed, which is just expanding and multiplying the number of folks who know who you are and the retirement plan services that you can offer. But how do you turn that into a contact? I'm like, hi, here I am and I have this for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So after you have your LinkedIn, the people connected on LinkedIn, LinkedIn has, and they don't tell you this, it's really hidden guys and gals. You can download all of their contact information. It is hidden in your data security and privacy section. So go to your LinkedIn profile. It's like the top right-hand corner. Right, right. And then you want to click on, I think it's, I think it's, hold on, I can pull it up actually. We did this the other day. Let's see. There's always YouTube videos on it as well. And maybe Patrice, we can link a video in our, in the podcast. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So it's in your settings and privacy area. And then once you go to settings and privacy, one of the things you're going to see is get a copy of your data. Again, kind of hidden, but it's very worthwhile. And once you get a copy of your data, you can download email addresses, which when you're prospecting is the holy grail. That is something very handy to know. It is for sure. All right. You've got your email address. Is that the best way? Honestly. Yes. Okay. You can purchase email addresses. Never really works that great. You want to do a soft ping when you're purchasing email addresses. So that way it actually gets into the inbox. 
But if you're cold emailing, no one knows who you are. So mm-hmm. that's not always the best strategy. If you're at least connected on LinkedIn, maybe you've liked, commented, or shared on some of their posts, your name's starting to gain familiarity. Now you can work towards the email introduction. Any kind of time frame to do this to make them feel, oh, yeah, I do know that name. Mm-hmm. A lot of prospecting in a funny little quirky way. It's a little bit like dating. If anyone remembers uh, those dating years in your life, you know, chances are, yeah. Let's not go there. Okay. Let's not go there. (laughs) You saw the person from afar. They were interesting. You were interested. (laughs) Then you approached them. Maybe they said yes. Maybe they said no. And then you invited them to some sort of, you know, let's get coffee or drinks or dinner. Nothing too serious because it's just your first meet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then over time. You went through the wooing process. <laughs> we are wooing, 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 wooing our clients here. <laughs> That's right. And LinkedIn and other ways of approaching prospects is very similar. You could technically send an in-mail request. A lot of those nowadays are just getting kicked off to you know, spam world. Mm-hmm. I would go the more organic way, which is connect with them, comment or like what they're sharing wait probably two, three weeks, and then you can start to pick up your activity level. Okay. You note here, cleaning your list. What does that mean? Mm, Data hygiene. Yeah. Data hygiene. So we recommend that every year at the end of the year, you go through your list and you just scrub it. It's literally what it is. And you can hire companies to do this or you could do it manually. But scrubbing your list means looking at the contacts that are still active. So if you have an email campaign, making sure that unsubscribes um, or bounces are removed. This is a kind of a ticky tacky one, but spelling... So if you have any sort of like opt-in forms on your website, sometimes people will just like kind of match their keys really fast and they'll type in their name. Maybe Patrice, when you were doing that, you didn't capitalize the P in Patrice. So now you're on the email campaign, but every time you get it, it's a lowercase P for your name. Right. Right. You know, it's normal. You just were kind of fast, but fast typing. So as an advisor... Go back in, look at your list, download it. It's generally an Excel spreadsheet, so it's pretty easy. And then just see like, oh, do we have any lowercase letters? So that way, the next time Patrice gets an email, it actually says Patrice with capital P, like your proper name, as opposed to that like sloppier version of that. And then... Any other like weird name, like anomalies that you'll notice. Sometimes people have like hyphens or other, their first initial of their last name. Clean all that up. Uh, So that way it is good looking data. All right. You now have a quality list, a clean (laughs) list. You've done your data hygiene. I love that phrase. (laughs) What do you do? How do you approach it? That list that you've got now, this tool to generate new business. So I kind of started hinting at it where I mentioned casually like, oh, on your email campaign. Dun, da, da. Okay. 
<laughs> Content marketing is the way that you're going to be able to woo your list over time. I'm glad you could say it. <laughs> I think you're on the woo woo train. <laughs> So in order to do the next step, you have to have materials that are plant sponsor relevant, timely, interesting, and then you want to share it with them via email, on social media. And some people are actually, interestingly now, are starting to actually go back towards like print, just Mm. a different way that Mm -hmm. you stand out. Yeah. Nothing's in in mailboxes anymore. Tons in inboxes. So what? pick your poison or do all three, which is... So the next step is sending out content marketing, infographics, videos, newsletters, blog articles, again, materials that are going to speak to what the plan sponsor is going through. So as the person who's responsible for the company's retirement plan, what does their day-to-day look like? How are you as a retirement plan advisor going to make their job easier? And how about a website, sending them to the website or inviting them to the website Mm -hmm. rather? Yeah, absolutely. Invite them to your quality, beautiful website so that way they can download or gather more information too. Right. You could put up blogs, white papers, whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to touch on something else. Okay. When you're starting an email campaign in our business, 70% of new retirement plan business comes from either a referral or a center of influence introduction. 70% of new client business comes from a referral or a center of influence introduction. So what that means is when you look at your email list, add your clients, add the folks who bring you business like your ERISA attorneys and your friendly TPAs and other great professionals that you have wonderful relationships with. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is when you have an email list that has a high open rate, it's going to help get in your content into inboxes easier. It's also going to have better deliverability scores, which again, keeps Mm. you out of spam filters. And then for the folks who are your clients, oh my goodness, they're going to love to hear from you. Thanks. Like, (laughs) I appreciate that. And they're going to click on your materials. They're going to look at it. They might even send you back a quick note and say, thanks. You know, I was looking for financial wellness resources and this CFO's guide to financial wellness has been really helpful. Appreciate it. And that's going to create sticky clients and and that's one of the beautiful pillars of a successful business. That's all great stuff. Is there something that we didn't cover here that you want to make sure we do? Um, I'll touch on two other things. Within social media, when you're posting content, use hashtags. Not a lot of folks are using them. Hashtags are that pound symbol and then whatever the topic is. This is a great way to expand your social reach outside of your prospect territory. So you can kind of get that national scope. And then the second is to look into ways to optimize search engine optimization. Oh, yes. Yeah. Good old SEO. Mm, SEO. So that way, whatever your keywords are in the content piece that you're promoting can be easily findable through Google and other internet search providers. All right. Fantastic. Well, Rebecca, these are all great tips on creating a 401k prospecting list. Do not go out without them, but I appreciate your time and I'm hoping lots of people will be able to uh, use this to their advantage. So. Rebecca Auerhan, thank you. 
Thanks, Patrice. I appreciate it very much. If anyone wants to get in contact with us, please visit our website, uh, 401k-marketing.com for lots of other podcast episodes, blogs. I think we have four different blogs on how to create a prospecting list. So if you're looking for more information there, and then feel free to reach out to us directly. So thanks again for listening in. And that would be your 401k marketing team, right? Correct. All righty. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k marketing podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.